Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Hello, everybody. Nancy Grace here. We are on the lunch break in the Alex Murdoch double murder trial and the shooting deaths of his wife, Maggie, and adult son, Paul. Another bombshell day in the courtroom. And I've got to tell you, I love this woman, Blanca Simpson. You know what? Instead of me telling you what she said, let's just listen to what she had to say. Warning. Put on your seatbelt. Take a listen to our cut seven. Maggie um, told me she had to go to a doctor's appointment. And she said that um, in the text, Maggie said, Alec wants me to come home. And um, she said, um, and in a phone conversation, she, she told me, she said, um, I left some food in the refrigerator. Um, is there any way that you can cook? Paul likes the way you cook. So um, she said, because I don't think I'll be back in time. So I said, yeah, sure. I said, I'll do it. We had another conversation on the phone um, where um, she told me, she said, Alec wants me to come home. And she kind of sounded like she didn't want to come home um, and because uh, she, she really liked being at Edison. She sounded like she was a little disappointed. And then she said, well, um, Alec asked Paul to come home, too, because he's got to fix the mess up out there. Alec had told Paul to come and fix it because they were planning on uh, having a hunt that weekend. You are hearing Blanca Simpson, who worked for the Murdoch's. Now, something interesting, and we're, I'm leading you up to the good part. Something interesting I picked out and what she said right there is that Maggie loved being in Ediston. Ediston is there at Edisto Beach, where Maggie was living. She was not living with Murdoch. And here, we're hearing it again, that Alex Murdoch asked her to come to Moselle. She did not want to go. He lured her there. Wait for it. Let's take a listen to our cut eight. How did you hear? Alex called me. He called me early the next morning. He um, he sounded shaky on the phone. He said, um, B, they're gone. They're gone. And that my initial thought was, did she go back to Ediston? Um, I thought, that thought didn't cross my mind that he meant that they were dead at that time. You just didn't comprehend no, what was sir, going on? No, sir, I did not. Okay. 
So he told me again, he said, no, B, they're, they're, they're dead. Um, and at that point, I don't remember because I believe I dropped the phone. My husband got the phone. I don't remember after that. You literally dropped the phone? Yes. All I remember is when he said that they were dead, I, I, I dropped the phone. And I believe I said, I'll be right over. I'll be right over. Blanca Simpson describing the moment when she's on the phone with Alex Murdoch and he tells her that Maggie and Paul are, quote, gone in a shaky voice. At first, she didn't even understand what he meant. She thought, well, did Maggie go back home to Adisto Beach, Ediston? Because everyone knew they were living apart and how she dropped the phone. Her husband had to pick it up when she realized Maggie and Paul were dead. Now, take a listen. Paul and Maggie dead. Alex Murdoch thinks to send Miss Simpson out to Moselle to clean up. She cooks for them. She cleans up their kitchen and their home and keeps it running now, maybe I'm projecting. Okay, I am projecting. But after my fiancé was murdered, the last thing I was thinking about was somebody cleaning up his place. That's crazy talk. Who could do that? But that's where his head was. The very, not even 24 hours after the murders. It was the next morning. Now, I want you to hear what Miss Simpson says about being sent out to the hunting lodge Moselle by Alex Murdoch to clean up. Take a listen to our cut nine. And then um, when I got ready to leave Almeida, he said, well, when you go to the house, go in the front because there's a lot of sled agents by the kennels. You can't go in that way. And he said, just try to straighten up um, the way Maggie liked everything, you know, in the house. He said, you knew her the best. So I, uh, I did. I went to the house. He said there was going to be people probably stopping by and um, bringing food and, and stuff. He said, I just want the house to look the way Maggie would like for it to look. It was hard because I know she wasn't going to be coming back. And I didn't want to move I didn't want to move her stuff. It was just a weird feeling going through when I walked, when I unlocked the front door to get in. It felt cold. You really cared for her, didn't you? I did. Okay, so she gets there. What, if anything, does she find? Listen to our cut tent. Her pajamas were laid neatly in the middle of the doorway going into the laundry room. It was her pajama pants, a pair of underwear, and her, uh, her pajama top. Was that unusual? That was very unusual. She wouldn't lay her clothes out like that, not in the middle of the door like that. The underwear there with the pajamas unusual? Yes. Why? She didn't wear underwear with her pajamas. I turned around and I said, well, I wonder where the pots are. And the pots were sitting inside the refrigerator with lids on them. That was not normal for the pot, the whole pot to be sitting in the fridge. In the master bathroom, her clothes were sitting next to the, the tub. On the floor next to the shower was um, a slight puddle of water, a towel, and a pair of khaki pants. And in the closet was a white uh, damp towel on the floor. It appeared that a t-shirt had fallen off of the stack of t-shirts that were on top of the shelf right there in the closet. Um, it was laying on the floor next to the towel. Man, I could take that testimony and dissect it all day long. First of all, Maggie's pajama pants and a pair of underwear and a PJ top folded up and laid neatly in the middle of the doorway. Of the doorway going into the laundry room. Now, we all know Maggie did not stay there the night before and fold up her underwear and lie it 
on her PJs in the floor going into the laundry room. That did not happen. She was not there the night before. So when did the PJs in the underwear get laid there? What? It may sound like nothing to someone that's not understanding what these facts mean. It means the scene was staged. That's what it means. Why? And the only one left living that would have done that is Murdoch. So why? Why would he stage the scene? You all know where everything is in your kitchen, right? Except my 91-year-old mother comes in our kitchen at night and like rearranges things. But I've even figured that out. I know where she hides things. What I'm saying is when Blanca comes into the kitchen, it was as if a stranger had put away all the food. Number one, the food from dinner the night before. Maggie would always leave it just sitting out because she wanted Blanca to clean it. On the days Blanca was coming. So Maggie would never have put stuff back in the fridge. The food wasn't eaten. Remember when Murdoch said they all had a big dinner? Or they were going to have dinner, then he took a nap? Just, just so much is happening here. Now, who took a shower and left out water on the floor, a wet towel, and a pair of khaki pants? Guys, this is what I'm building up to. Has the mystery of Alex Murdoch's missing clothes been solved? Take a listen to our Cut 11. After June 7th of 2021, did you ever see that shirt again? No, sir. There was like a pink one, a white one, a baby blue in the closet. I do not remember that shirt being in there. And on June 8th of 2021, in the morning hours when you came back over there, was that shirt there? No, sir. Were these shoes that you called house slippers, were those there? No, sir. Did you ever see those house shoes again? No, sir. And where did he usually keep them? In the closet. Did you hear that? I hear all the guests are in place having just come out of the courthouse, but I want you to hear the last bit of this has the mystery surrounding Alex Murdoch's missing clothes, clothes he was wearing, we believe, at the time of the double murders been solved. Take a listen to our cut 12. But during the month of August, do you remember him having a conversation with you about a shirt? Yes, sir. Did you find that to be unusual? Yes, sir. He said, B, I need to talk to you. And uh, he said, come here, sit down. And he was pacing back and forth in the, in the living room. And he said, I got a bad feeling. He said, I got a bad feeling. He said, something's not right. And then he said, um, he said well, you know, um, there's a, um, a video. You remember the shirt I was wearing, that Vinnie Vine shirt? Those were, that's what he said to me. And uh, in my mind, I was saying, I don't remember a Vinnie Vine's shirt. It was the polo shirt. But I didn't mention, he said, well, you know what? I was wearing that shirt. I was kind of thrown back because I don't remember that. I don't remember him wearing that shirt that day when he left. I know what shirt he was wearing because I fixed the collar. I was basically confused. I didn't really know whether he was trying to get me to say that that shirt, if I, was, if I was to be asked that if that was a shirt he was wearing the day. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience. Which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Did the housekeeper wash the khaki pants Murdoch was wearing the night of the double murders after he left them by the shower and changed into shorts. And apparently she never saw the shirt or the shoes from that evening again. They disappeared. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what has just happened in the courtroom. Uh, first of all, I'm going to go to Eric Bland. This is the lawyer for Gloria Satterfield's family. Gloria Satterfield was a lovely woman who worked for the Murdochs for years and years. She fell down the steps to her death. There was a huge lawsuit surrounding that death. And Alex Murdoch pocketed millions of dollars meant for her family until the truth came out. Eric Bland, did you hear what Miss Blanca had to say? I did, Nancy. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. What we've seen in the past two days is a murder in the courtroom. Alex was murdered by Ronnie Crosby, his best friend, Chris Wilson, uh, his paralegal, Annette Griswold, and today, Bianca. I think what we saw is the explanation of what happened. And what Alex tries to do, Nancy, is draft those closest to him to give him the explanations and alibis that he needed to try to get out of this murder. And they weren't playing baseball. Uh, Bianca just laid it out and said, he laid out those khakis. She ended up washing them. You could tell that he left the house in haste after he showered, probably after the murders. That's why the towel was on the floor. Um, he put the, uh, the food back in the refrigerator. I know Harputlian suggested it was done by lawyers, but you hit the nail on the head, Na Nancy. There isn't male lawyers in the world that would have touched Maggie's underwear and pajamas and laid them out that way. The only person that could have done that is Alex Murdoch. You know what? I'm glad you said that because her pajamas and her undies, who else would have done that beside Miss Simpson, Blanca, or Alex Murdoch? Paul Murdoch, the son, is not going to go in there and fold up his mother's underwear. That's not happening. None of those lawyers would touch touch her clothes with a 10-foot pole. It was Murdoch, which leads me to 
the why. I, you know, I'm just really curious about how the jury is reacting to all of this. So let me ask you another thing while I've got you, Eric Bland. What's the word in the courthouse? Because you know in the courthouse, people walking up and down the halls, even they know what's going on. What's the word? The word is that the defense really in the past two days has sensed that there's a seismic shift and change. Uh, when my client Tony Satterfield testified, you saw uh, how insistent Dick Harpulian was to try to exclude his testimony. And then when the judge overruled that, he said, we'll stipulate to it. I'm telling you, Nancy, that there were three jurors that looked at me after it came out that he stole $4.3 million of the Satterfield's money. They looked over at me and they shook their head. Now, whether all 12 jurors think that Alex is a miscreant, there is a significant portion on that jury and everybody except the defense sycophants see exactly what Alex Murdoch is. One, he's a guy that has no loyalty to his friends. He's a guy that steals from his clients, family and friends and law partners. And he's a guy that lies to his family, friends and law partners. Now, whether all that can translates into murder, we're going to have to wait and see. But this guy had a bad week, Nancy. Eric Bland, do you know you just made tears come to my eyes when you said $4.3 million? Not that I'm crying for the desire of money, but I was thinking about the Satterfield family. Do you know how hard my parents worked to help me and my brother and my sister get through college and get through law school and uh, the whole thing? My dad working for the railroad, my mom working at a canning plant for Pete's sake, $4.3 million to the Satterfield family. Oh, I'm going to leave you with this fact. I'm going to leave you with this fact. This will tell you what kind of monster Alex Murdoch is. After he got that money and it was in his pocket, Gloria's son, Brian Harriet, who was the vulnerable adult that Tony talked about, was living in her mother's in his mother's trailer. The bank foreclosed on that trailer and sent papers to Alex Murdoch. He knew the kid was getting the trailer foreclosed on. He didn't spend a dime and give the kids any money to keep the trailer. And Brian Harriet was pushed out on the street and then had to go live with relatives. He sat by with the money in his pocket and let that uh, mobile home be foreclosed on. He's a monster. Guys, I got to get my mind off of what happened to the Satterfield family and try to think about the trial strategy that is being employed in this courtroom. Joining me right now, and I can see her on the screen, my producer, Kelly Skin, senior producer at Fox Nation. Kelly, tell me everything. Don't leave anything out. I mean, Nancy, talk about a bombshell day, and you stated it perfectly. Put your seatbelts on. Eagle-eyed viewers have been waiting for Blanca Simpson's testimony, and now we know why. One, we learned that Alec Murdoch possibly took a shower the night of the murders. Two, the clothes he was seen leaving the house in that day and the clothes he has seen in the Snapchat video were never found again, except for the khaki pants which she says she washed. And three, after the murders, she found Maggie Murdoch's wedding ring in her Mercedes. You cannot understate what a big day today was for the prosecution and what a blow today was for the defense. At one point, they even tried to declare a mistrial and the judge said, absolutely not. They didn't want any kind of testimony regarding money issues involved and they, they lost that. There will not be a mistrial. So the grounds for the motion for the mistrial was about the financial misdeeds. So the prosecution wanted to question Blanca Simpson on a conversation that she had with Maggie Murdoch. Maggie was saying that she was concerned about this $30 million lawsuit and the defense did not want this admitted into evidence. Guys, uh, there are going to be many, many motions for mistrial throughout this trial, that does not mean that they are um, really worth the salt that goes in their bread. Very often, the defense, because the, the state typically doesn't move for a mistrial. The state doesn't want a mistrial because they have to do it all over again. The defense will move for a mistrial because it may break the flow of what the prosecutor or the witness is doing. Um, it 
stops everything and there's always a chance a judge might grant it so they get to start all over again which is always a benefit to the defense not the state but i see where the defense for harpoolian is going he doesn't want this trial to be about all the financial misdeeds and when i call it financial misdeeds that is certainly putting perfume on the pig that is a euphemism i mean this guy outright stole millions and millions of dollars now you know I want to go back to the wedding band issue, especially with Kelly Skeen and Dr. Bethany Marshall. But first, uh, Dr. Bethany, I want to talk to you about something. Again, I know I'm projecting, and this may not be true for every tangential victim of murder. But when my fiance was murdered shortly before our wedding, the last thing I was thinking about was taking a shower or changing clothes or cleaning the house. I didn't care if it all burned up and went straight to H-E-L-L. Nothing mattered. Much less. I mean, that was before I had children. I mean, who is thinking about a wardrobe change and straightening up the kitchen and putting away some food into the fridge? Who would think about that when your child is dead? Nancy, remember Jeannie and Annette the CFO of, of the, the law firm and Annette, the, um, his paralegal, they uh, always, yep. they testified that Alex Murdoch would always turn into the Tasmanian devil just as, as he was about to commit some misdeeds so as to throw everyone off track. So when I listened to Miss Blanca Simpson's testimony, I thought, you know, she was so credible. She loved this family. She would have done anything for them. She knew every item of clothing, where everything was placed in the house. She knew their habits. She knew their personalities. And, and what I thought was that she had this carefully constructed world with Maggie. And then Alex Murdoch, the night of, the, of the, the murders and the morning after, was like the Tasmanian devil. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. Why would he put the pajamas with the clean underwear on the floor in the doorway? That's a Tasmanian devil move. Um, why would he take a shower? Why would he, you know, it, it just all is it's a little crazy. I was trying to make sense of this testimony and it, it leaves me a Hold little confused. Hold on, Dr. Bethany. Hold on. I can shed a little bit of light on why okay. he would want to take a shower. And of course, you're dealing from the emotional end because you have all those um, rich clients. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Bethany's joining me. She's a high-profile psychoanalyst out in Beverly Hills, smack dab on Rodeo Drive. Uh, but we'll circle back to that in a moment. I'll tell you why to get rid of evidence. Joining me, Bill Daly, former FBI investigator, forensic photography, security expert. Think of all that gunshot residue and blood spatter that went right down the drain. Yeah, you know, Nancy, opportunity lost. But, you know, certainly, as you're talking about here, some really compelling moments about this case so far as both certainly the testimony today with Bianca. I mean, somebody was really felt part of the family. They asked her that question. She felt part of the family. So whatever she had to say really has to resonate well with the jury, the fact that she was in, in part of the family. The other things that strike me, and I think two real other compelling elements to this case, which I th hope will drive the jury to understand what really happened that day you know one was the fact that there's the video the video that his son Paul took where now we have testimony both by Bianca and other people that the voice on that video was the three of them was his wife was Alice was his son Paul moments moments before they were 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 found dead and also at a time when he said he wasn't there is that the last time he saw them was at dinner so we have a big disconnect there the other on the forensic side is the collection of the, this kind of supposedly raincoat and tarp found at his mother's house. He went to his mother's house at some point after the murders uh, and they found inside, inside the lining of the raincoat, gunpowder residue. Now, how, why would that be unless you wrapped a gun around that coat? unless you did something else that caused it to be inside a raincoat. It wouldn't be normally inside the raincoat. And there's some testimony there regarding his, the time he spent at his mother's house, what, what was left there, and, and now what police have found. So I think there's some other, even though people are saying it's more circumstantial, to me there's a bit of forensic evidence entering into this, which really certainly can drive that compass, you know, 
towards the jury, towards the jury to think twice about all the other testimony they're about ready to hear, probably from the defense. Guys, you're hearing our friend and Bill Daly, former FBI investigator and forensic photography expert, a security expert as well. Dr. Michelle Dupree, I think that was you jumping in, and please do so. Pathologist, medical examiner, former detective, and this says it all, author of the Homicide Investigation Field Guide, which I love. Um, Dr. Dupree, weigh in on Murdoch, and I'm not talking about the emotional aspect of taking a shower. I'm talking about forensically, what is the significance of Murdoch taking a shower after the double murders? Well, Nancy, obviously that is to get rid of some evidence but one of the things I just I feel compelled to say is that we keep talking about all of this blood spatter that should be on Murdaugh and his clothes and yes there should be some but remember most of this bloody blood spatter is going to be forward at the crime scene on the victims there should be some on Murdaugh but not you know he shouldn't be covered in blood as people have said I think it would be well worth the prosecution to do a simulation how much blood spatter or back spatter would actually appear on someone shooting with these two different guns. And it would not be a massively bloody scene. There would be minute specks, there may be some other um, blood spatter there, but it may not be readily you know, visible to a housekeeper who's simply picking up laundry and tossing it in the laundromat. Christine, uh, running our New York control room, Christine, again, you know what I want to see, that two shot of the before and after wardrobe change. Because I'm pretty sure, based on what he was wearing, there should have been blood spatter, yeah, at least on the bottom, the, the shirt tail in front. There should have at least been blood spatter on that. And since he was using a long gun, maybe around the chest or the armpit area, around the sleeve. Um, guys, earlier you heard Kelly Skin, our Fox Nation producer, talking about Maggie's wedding band. Christine, if you could please play cut 13 about that. In addition to cleaning the house, did you ever look at Maggie's Mercedes to try to clean it afterwards? I did. What if anything did you find? Well, she still had um, paint um, for the Edisto house, pillows that she was going to return. And as I moved the seat to clean um, to vacuum underneath the, the driver's side seat, I found um, her ring, her wedding band. And leading up to the murders, was she anxious about anything? She was concerned about the amount of money that they were requesting on the lawsuit. Thirty million is what she told me. She said she knew the amount of money that they were asking, but she felt that Alec was not being truthful to her with regard to what exactly was going on with that lawsuit. She said he doesn't tell me everything. Okay, Eric Bland joining us, high-profile lawyer representing the Gloria Satterfield family. Look, there are plenty of women on that jury, and they know what it means when you take off your yes, wedding band. Yes, they do, Nancy. I think what we have seen is not one single piece of explosive evidence, but a mosaic that now is turning into a picture. In the totality of what the state is putting forward regarding Alex and Maggie and what existed, it didn't exist in their life at that time, I think now we see why Alex may have decided to take that ultimate decision in taking the life of his wife and his son. Murder isn't perfect. You know it more than anybody. You've prosecuted more murder cases. Sometimes a decision that a murderer makes, in his mind, is a perfect decision. It makes perfect sense why I decided to take my wife and my son. To us, the other people, we would say, really, that's the reason you decided to do it? And that's the reason why, Nancy, um, motive isn't an element of murder. It's an element, it can prove malice, but it's not a, an element of murder because somebody's decision-making process can be flawed. Alex is a sociopath. <laughs> the decision that he chose to murder his wife and son were based on his own reasoning, not logic. Nancy, if I could add to this, remember there was a confluence of events. There was a perfect storm on July 7th. That is that the uh, boating accident trial was going to be the next day. He found out 
after Jeannie, the CFO, confronted him that his dad was going into the hospital, he then lures Maggie and Paul to Moselle. And I think that this could have been part of uh, a homicide-suicide scheme in his, in his mind, that the ship was going down and he was going to take wait, everyone wait down wait, 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 with wait, wait, wait. him. Did you just say you think this could have originally been a homicide suicide plan? Because I can tell you right now, Alex okay, so Murdoch loved himself. There's no <laughs> way he'd ever kill himself. Hey, Nancy, that is not, remember, that would there, never there's have a, happened. No. There's a suicide for hire no. just a couple of months later. No. Now, I know wait, wait, you know, are you still buying into that BS technical <laughs> no, legal term? No, Come no. on, bland, bland, bland. I know one thing about no, Curtis was, Smith. That man can shoot no. a gun. And if he missed Murdoch okay, Cam, the first we, time, he would have gotten him the second time. That was not, We know. I don't care what anybody says, that's not real. Nancy, we know how to kill that's down exactly here. Right, if we're going to pull out a gun, we're going to shoot. What that was on the side of the road was a diversion. Alex wanted to take the law enforcement eyes off of him, so he faked a shooting so that he could say, you see, there's people out there that are trying to kill my family. Well, if that's what he believed, then the day after those murders, he would have gathered up his son Buster, his, his brothers Randolph and John Marvin, and gone to law enforcement and said, protect us. But he let Buster walk the, seat, the streets of Columbia, South Carolina, because he knew he wasn't in danger, because he knows who the killer is. Kelly Skeen joining me, uh, our producer, my producer on Fox Nation, Kel. I haven't actually seen somebody shoot a bird in the courtroom since Jody Arias shot one at me during her trial. Oh, the good times. But I understand there's some bird action going on in the courtroom. What happened? So for the past two days, Alec Murdoch's defense team has had Buster Murdoch stand up in the courtroom so the jury can see him. And that is because Buster Murdoch has been moved farther back behind his dad for alleged misdeeds within the courtroom. We are hearing that Buster Murdoch flipped Mark Tinsley the bird during an in-camera hearing. There is footage of this. Some are arguing he was biting his nail. It's an interesting nail to bite if you ask me. Uh, but the Murdoch family has been asked to move back. We also heard that Buster Murdoch passed one of Alex's paralegals, a John Grisham novel, and that is another reason why they were pushed back because that is contraband. You cannot pass Alec Murdoch things in court. Okay, Kelly, every time I would go in the courthouse, of course, I would adhere to all the rules and not try to sneakily break any rules, including my pathetic old Fitbit, uh, no cell phone, nothing. Uh, but I did see the Murdoch relatives breaking all the rules, wearing um, Apple watches that you can take pictures and send texts with, drinking stuff. I see... Murdoch eating things who cares but my point is is that why they were all moved to the back of the courtroom because up until now they've been sitting front and center right behind Murdoch oh there he is eating again does the man never stop uh, so why were the Murdoch's exiled to the back of the courtroom it's it's been a series of different things one is the alleged bird Two is Buster Murdoch passed his dad a book through a paralegal. And three, Alec Murdoch's sister also allegedly passed him something. So the judge in this case said, enough's enough, you guys, you're, you're moving back. And yeah, if they keep it up, they could be kicked out of the courtroom in general. You know, I've been very curious, and I'll throw this to Eric Bland. Eric, uh, a lot of viewers and listeners have been asking me online why we are not following the rule of sequestration in this case. What that means is an outmoded word to sequester or keep apart. Witnesses typically are kept out of the courtroom until after their testimony and sometimes even then in case they're called on redirect examination you don't want their testimony to be shadowed, to be painted or tainted in any way by hearing somebody else's testimony. Because, you know, like Eric Bland just said something. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. Now I remember it. No, you don't 
You don't want that. So what happened? Did nobody invoke the rule? Oh, it's it, this has been by design, uh, Nancy. I've been allowed in the courtroom and I'm on the witness list. Up until yesterday, I was going to testify until Tony did such a great job. The reason that Dick Harputlian hasn't made a motion to sequester the witnesses is he wants the Murdals to be able to be seen behind the camera, behind Alex, because it, it sends a message to the jury that they support him. They're not sitting on the prosecution side, even though the prosecution is spending millions of dollars in vindicating the deaths of Maggie and Paul. Dick does not want them to be sequestered because they are witnesses for the defense. So this is all by design. Yes, you're correct. Normally, every witness would have been sequestered. But can you imagine what it would look like to the jury if none of Alex's family was sitting behind him? So he can't have them sit behind him and then ask that every other witness be sequestered. This is like a Broadway play, Nancy. It's been, uh, you know, I find it very offensive the way Alex has behaved at the council table to be able to eat, to be able to communicate with his family. I think it sends a bad message because that courthouse is the people's courthouse. It's not the Murdoch courthouse. Not just that. Not just that, Eric. He should be treated no differently than any other defendant in the criminal courts, regardless of their crime, their gender, their background, their race. The Murdochs are not above the law the last time I looked. Nancy, when I argued that Alex should not get bond and Judge Newman agreed with me for financial crimes, first time in our state's history, I said he needs to drink from the same cup of justice that we all do, and that's how the name of my podcast came about. But Alex needs to drink from the same cup of justice that every other criminal defendant does. He should have come in the courtroom when you're charged with murder in shackles, just like every other murder suspect does in our state. Unless they're in front of a jury, and then they don't. Nancy, this um, family had intergenerational wealth and power. They wield wielded control over that state for generations. Do you know that after the Mallory Beach death, after she was ejected from the boat because Paul Murdoch was boat driving drunk, do you know that Maggie was allowed to the crime scene? She was allowed to go down to the boat to see Paul, but Mallory Beach's mother was sequestered behind tape, read the, the yellow police tape, and was not allowed to go see what had happened to her daughter. This is the type of entitlement that this family has that, that not only are they displaying in the courtroom, but it's seeped into the entire culture, even the police culture there allowed Maggie in, but not Mallory Beach's mother. So I think this sends a bad message to the jury. I don't think they're seeing a loving family who th who's there to support their father. I think they're seeing an entitled bratty family who has been brainwashed by Alec Murdoch and who is behaving badly in the courtroom just like their father behaves badly in society. I don't like the messages sending to the jury. But guys, I want to follow up on what was just said about Mallory Beach's mother. Her mother. I saw those cement pilings where Paul Murdoch raced into them, throwing Mallory Beach off the boat in the middle of the night to her death. I spoke to the EMTs, the boat patrol that went out searching for her body every day and finally found this beautiful teen girl bloated and dead from being in the water and her mother was not allowed down. Take a listen to our cut five. After the boat crash, uh, they had, the law enforcement had cordoned off, had a rope up or yellow flag, yellow taping up, and so uh, Miss Beach wanted to go down to see where her daughter had died, and she wasn't allowed. Almost immediately uh, thereafter, a car pulled up, driven by Alex's father. Alex's wife, Maggie, was in the front seat. They were waved down to the bridge, um, and that caused her a great amount of distress. She ultimately hire you to represent her? That day I got involved. I, I started to investigate, but I started to try to put pressure on law enforcement, uh, which is, you know, I'm, I'm drawing a distinction there almost immediately because the concern was uh, that it was going to get covered up by the Beach family and they didn't want that to happen. 
And there is more. No wonder that Buster Murdoch allegedly shot a bird at Tinsley. You're seeing Tinsley on the stand. Take a listen to our cut four. There were a number of reasons that I wanted the case uh, in Beaufort. Um, I had substantial evidence. And so one of the things that I discovered was is that Paul's girlfriend had tons of videos. Videos of alcohol, videos of Paul drinking in front of his parents, videos of him grossly intoxicated. And, and so that evidence uh, I shared with Alex lawyers as well leading up to it. I didn't share it. They didn't serve the same discovery on me because they didn't want um, the other defendant, Greg Parkers, to have it at that time because they were so entrenched in um, that there was some sort of venue-friendly lawsuit going on between Alec and myself, but there wasn't. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Kelly Skin joining us. Do you believe that the jury is getting any, let's just say, unwanted message by the way Murdoch is being treated in the courtroom, by the way his family, extended family, has been treated in the courtroom? Because I, I really don't think they're paying any attention to that, but maybe they are. You know, we've heard throughout this trial that there are two systems of justice in South Carolina. One for normal people like you and me. And two for people like Murdoch, whose family has run that community for generations. We don't know if any of these jurors knew the Murdoch family or any of their acquaintances. I can't really say if the Murdoch family being moved is having an impact on the jury. But what I do know is that Alex defense attorneys definitely want Alex's family to be seen by that jury as supporting Alec Murdoch. But on that note, people who I have not seen in the courtroom yet 
is Maggie's family. I have not seen them sitting behind Alec Murdoch one day of this trial. And that really hurts the state. That hurts either side when the families you're trying to represent are not present. But I'm wondering if there is a very strong reason for that. You know, another thing, uh, and I want to throw out to Bill Daly, former FBI investigator, forensic photography, security expert. Bill, I'm sure you've testified in a lot of trials. Juries notice pretty much everything. It's really hard to get something over on a jury. Uh, it is, Nancy. And even even when uh, when there are objections in the courtroom, obviously a lot of that resonates with those people in the jury. They hear what was said. They can't kind of distract that, take that out of their recording of their mind. You know, we talk about here about the, the family, the Murdoch family being so strong and powerful in that community. You know, uh, on one hand, certainly that's evident by some of these kind of liberal uh, liberal kind of stances they're able to, to get away with in the courtroom. But I think it will also play into the defenses where they're going to say they are so well known, they are so high profile, they have so much money, is that there are many people you know, who are envious. So every, every people, people who got to get them, nonetheless, people who may have, they have been crossed paths with in this, in this, uh, in this courtroom setting with regard to past grievances or financial issues. So I think what they're going to try to do is pick this case apart. It's going to be very difficult because in my view, as I said before, extremely compelling. Uh, having sat actually myself on a, on a criminal case, believe it or not, years ago, I can tell you by listening to some of the, what I'm hearing here uh, will resonate very well with the, with the jury if they can remain impartial, if they're not in any way blinded by uh, the, the kind of the the bright light of this family and their extended family in the community. Well, I can tell you this much. They know darn well that the Murdoch family has now picked up camp and moved to the back of the courtroom where nobody wants to be. I didn't want to be in the back. I couldn't see a thing. I had to get on the very front row possible behind the Murdoch family and get all the way to the end and look out into the, the aisle so I could see what was going on. And so they are exiled to the back. And I know the jury has noticed that they may come up with an entirely different reason why than we are. But I guarantee you they notice it. Hey, Kelly Skian, did the housekeeper state, I'm talking about Miss Blanca, did she state that Maggie's wedding rings were under the mat in the car? She did. She cleaned Maggie Murdoch's Mercedes about a week after the murders and found her wedding rings in that car. Now, since that testimony, I have looked back at Alec Murdoch's interviews with SLED, and I think it's very noteworthy that I also did not see Alec Murdoch wearing a wedding band. So throughout this trial, as the defense is trying you to- You stole that from me. You totally <laughs> stole that from me. You and I were sitting there on day one together, and I said, Murdoch's not wearing his wedding band, Kelly. And you went, mm-hmm, and now you're spitting it out on camera like it was your idea. But you know what? Go ahead and steal it. But I do have something to tell you, Kelly Skin. They're not going to hire you over at the New York Post to write the banner, the headline, because to me, Kelly, and please fight with me about it, the banner would be Maggie Murdoch puts her wedding rings under the floor mat of the car. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to go to our shrink, Dr. Bethany Marshall, and I mean that in a loving, caring way, Bethany. But to put your wedding, <laughs> wedding rings, I mean, I don't have any room to talk because I'm not wearing mine, but I am wearing my husband's mother's ring. But under the floor mat, I mean, is that... That's got to have some hidden meaning under the where you put your feet, your wedding rings or where you put your feet. Nancy, that was a big so, ouch to the defense and to Murdoch when Miss Blanca said that, that the wedding ring is under Maggie's floor mat. And you know what that told me is that Maggie has to have that ring somewhere available to her when she's going to see her husband. But when she's away from her husband, she doesn't want to wear it. So she's taking the ring on and off like a prop. And then my mind went to, as a psychoanalyst, is there domestic violence in the relationship? Is there antipathy and is there there's some kind of abuse where if she shows up without that wedding ring, she's going to get in trouble. But when she's away from Man, him, I didn't go that she deep. doesn't, doesn't want to wear it. That's what I thought. 
Remember, I didn't go that deep. To me, it was go like, back. go ahead. I, I felt that she, by tape, taking off her wedding bands, and this is the woman that always wore her wedding bands and her rings. She took, so this is unusual for her. For me, it's not. For her, it is. And then to put them down on the floor under your feet, I, I mean, I'm certainly not a shrink like you are, but to me, that tells me she doesn't give a flying fig about wearing her wedding bands or being known as being married tomorrow. It was over. And I'll tell you why. Because even with all their money, Murdoch was bouncing checks. Take a listen to our cut three. August 6, 2021, what the balance was in the defendant's account for Palmetto State Bank? Uh, on August 6, 2021, the balance was a negative $347,784.67. Had the bank continued paying expenses for Alec Murdoch from June 7th to this date to the tune of $347,000 in money he did not have? Correct. What is that right there? Overdraft charge. How much is the overdraft charge? Five dollars. Five dollars. <laughs> is that typical policy for a bank to pay overdrafts over the course of a month for $347,000? No, sir. Eric Bland, help me out. Why is it that rich people, I just, and their money, a $347,000 overdraft? I mean, if I go one minute over my credit card, I start getting texts and emails from the credit card company. And I mean, there's no way in H-E-double-L that a bank is going to carry you to the tune of $347,000? I, I subpoenaed and got those records early on in my litigation against Alex Nancy, and it is the most generous overdraft policy in the history of banking. Not only does he get to overdraft to the tune of $300,000, but he gets to get loans in advance of any paperwork. Where do you get money, and then the bank says to you, four weeks later, let's come on in and document the money I gave you four weeks before. But it's indicative of what actually happened at the crime scene. And I know, Nancy, that you have commandeered probably 30 crime scenes more when you were a prosecutor. And you never would let a family member on the crime scene, five lawyers, and a best friend to sit there while a search warrant was being executed. Mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. seen on TV, if a spouse comes mm -hmm. up to the yellow tape and they tell him that his wife is murdered inside the house and he's trying to get in, they bear hug him and say, no, we're processing a crime scene. The rules for the Myrtle are not the rules of the road for everybody else. They just aren't, Nancy. Guys, I want you to hear our cut one. Speaking of Gloria Satterfield, because I don't want, she's not the victim in this murder case, but I want you to hear to how she was referred on that 911 call. It's cut one, Christine. Guys, it's just remember as you're hearing this, Gloria Satterfield had not been just a housekeeper, which is enough for all of their estates, but she helped raise these two boys she helped raise them okay listen to our cut one what's going on out there uh my housekeeper has fallen and her head is bleeding i cannot get her up how old is she i'm not sure like 58 maybe where'd she fall from uh, from the she fell going up the steps up the brick steps right. is she conscious uh no not really do you guys know who she is Yes, she works for us. She, she works, works for us. us. She made $10 an hour, Nancy. Mm -hmm. They yeah. paid her $10 yeah, an hour. She works for so us. She probably so changed their diapers, washed their clothes, cleaned up their messes, dragged them back and forth probably to whatever they had to go to uh, growing up. And how was she described? Yeah, she works for us. I mean, yeah. no name. disrespectful. That just no rubs name. me the wrong way. What about it, Kelly Skin? She works for us. 
Yeah, she, she works for us. And what we heard from Tony Satterfield on the stand this week, too, was that Alec Murdoch, at the outset of this, told Tony that he would be able to get Tony and his brother $100,000. Alec Murdoch knew full well he was always going to be able to get those boys more than $100,000. He did, and they never saw a dime of it. And I've actually been to Gloria Satterfield's grave, and I also want to point out that where she is buried is much, much different from where the Murdochs are buried, which just goes again to speak to this difference in levels of status. Her cemetery has a chain link fence around it. The Murdoch Cemetery is this beautiful place surrounded by brick buildings, and Gloria Satterfield is buried somewhere surrounded by a chain link fence. Hey, Kelly, uh, just recently you were out looking and that's where we're headed when you and I are back together to Maggie and Paul's graves. The last time you looked, have they gotten a headstone yet? They still do not have a headstone. I was there about a year ago, checked it out again recently, and no headstones, which is a little bit strange for this family that it supposedly had tons and tons and tons of money. You would think that there would be a headstone for Paul and Maggie. Okay, guys, I got to tell you something. I don't know that it's like this in every region of our great country but in the south the first thing you try to do is to get the best you can afford anyway a headstone for the person you loved that has gone on and who would know about this dr michelle dupree no headstone for Maggie and Paul? Nancy, that's unbelievable. I mean, so much time has passed. It takes a, a month or so to get a headstone, but this is way too long. And a family of that stature, um, well-respected in the community, someone that you love, your wife and your son, I, I cannot imagine this. I wanted to say one other thing, though, about this family. Remember during the boat accident, and Paul was Paul's booking picture is in his civilian clothes in the hallway. It isn't even a proper booking picture. And this just goes to more substantiate how differently this family was treated. Okay, hold on just a second. I gotta tell Eric Bland something. Eric, um, my mother, Elizabeth, she just turned 91, lives with us, and she was in such bad health, she couldn't see from an eye operation. And she had me get in the car drive to our hometown of Macon, Georgia at like five o'clock in the morning because she wanted me to take a video and a picture of my father's headstone and the flower arrangement we have there and bring it back to her so she can look at it from her good eye and see if it met her approval and since then can i tell you how much money and time we spent getting his plot the way she wants it to look it's a sentimental thing it doesn't matter what your stature in the community is or how much money you have or don't have it's out of respect for the person that you love that has gone on and i I just think it speaks volumes that they haven't, they t have taken so long to take care of that headstone. Yeah, I'm going to attack that from a different angle. I agree with everything that we've talked about. This I do take a different tact on, and that is, um, unfortunately, their grave area has become a sensational destination for people to come. And it, it may be that the family has decided that they need for all of this to die down to, to actually put up headstones on that. I'm, I'm, I haven't given the family the benefit of the doubt at all in three weeks during this trial, but I just may because I have heard that there are people that have tried to camp out and do stuff at the gravesite. So I may understand a little bit and have a little bit of empathy that they may have delayed the marking of those graves. That's, that's all I'm gonna say yeah. on that. Nancy, I have a completely different perspective yeah. that in this crazy, wildly dysfunctional family that Maggie and Paul were already being devalued, discredited, pushed out of the family, treated as if they had no value because Perhaps Maggie was the one who was beginning to see Alec Murdoch clearly. She didn't like what he was doing. She saw the drug addiction. She saw the financial malfeasance. He slept no all day. He didn't even... There was no drug addiction. There was no drug addiction. 
Don't peddle that. It there was none. Okay. He was not okay, addicted to drugs. Okay. Let's take the drug addiction out of it. Let's take the drug addiction out of it, and let's just say prior to Maggie and Paul's deaths. They were already, you know, you use the term murdered in the courtroom. Maybe they were already murdered in the family, devalued, discredited, pushed out. You know, we see in really dysfunctional families that the parents and the family will choose one child to love and one child to hate. One child gets fed, the other one gets abused. Maybe in this case, Paul was the one who was starting to be devalued and Buster was being elevated. So Buster got to live. Well, you and know I think what? That's you... Yeah. Uh, Dr. Bethany joining me from Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills and you Eric Bland a hired gun and I mean that in the best sense of the word in the courtroom you can say whatever y'all want you can fight till you're blue in the face but it would be a cold day in H-E-L-L that I would have my father laying out in a field with his grave unmarked oh no that is not going to happen and what it says to me is that nobody cared. Nobody cared enough to honor them or take care of them now or the night they were murdered. And, and what? Nancy, I might say, add to this is that I think, you know, we talk about what's on trial here. Perhaps it is privilege on trial. You know, when we can boil it down to it, whether it's in Washington, D.C. or what happens to be in, in South Carolina, is this, this is privilege. And we're hoping that we're going to get not Lady Justice peeking underneath her her eye, eye blind, but we're going to get a, a true justice out of this. And I think a lot of us are saying this privilege, which has kind of run rampant through their community and has allowed them to be able to kind of, you know, fester and get away with what they've gotten away with at this point, perhaps that is really what we're talking about here, that the jury needs to kind of pierce through and not be influenced by what either was or what could be influenced by the family. We'll see where all the chips land. Guys, we got to go back in the courtroom. They said they were unbiased. Let's just take that with a box of salt and believe them. They were under oath when they took the jury selection oath that they were unbiased and that they would be fair and impartial. And let's pray to God that they do. I'm going back in the courtroom. I'm going to leave you guys to argue amongst yourselves. Goodbye, friends. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 